Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Cow Lot, where cowboys and cowgirls shop for hats. The Cow Lot has a history of service, quality, honesty, and integrity. Continuing the Western way of life, how you wear it, and how to preserve it. You're guaranteed to get your hat fitted and shaped exactly how you want it. I'm very picky when it comes to my hats, and the owner, Glenn, and his crew have never let me down. So head over to thecowlot.com, order yourself a new lid, and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. And remember, you can tell by looking. It came from the cow lot. Today's episode is also being brought to you by Canyon Coolers. Canyon Coolers sells ridiculously cold, seriously tough roto-molded coolers. With long-lasting ice retention and innovative designs, your next and last cooler should be a Canyon Cooler. You may be surprised to find out that Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than a Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Jason Costello, the CEO of Canyon Coolers, describes himself as an ice retention expert, and that is what Canyon Coolers delivers, ice retention. As I just stated, Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than the Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Canyon Coolers sells two series, the Pro Series, which is their flagship, and the Outfitter Series, which is their classic original design. Sizes range from 22 quarts to 150 quarts. Canyon Coolers are headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona, and are constructed of USA-made materials and offer a lifetime warranty. Modern Cowboy podcast listeners can receive a 10% discount using the code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout when completing your order at CanyonCoolers.com. So head over to CanyonCoolers.com, order yourself a new cooler, and tell him Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Today's episode of the podcast is also being sponsored by It's Jerky. There's no food more cowboy than jerky. I've been a fan of jerky since I was, oh gosh, as long as I can remember. But I was on a recent trip, actually, I was out and uh, stayed with Cody Cowden for about a week. I was leaving his place, driving back to Arizona, and... I wanted to get something to eat, and something I wanted to eat something good though, just a a good snack. And I didn't want to have fast food, so I, I actually pulled into the Flying J to get fuel. Thought, well, they might have something here. So, I, and I, I thought, man, if I get some beef jerky, that'd be great. But most of the time, beef jerkies are just overprocessed and uh, full of all kinds of chemicals. So I actually went in there and was perusing the aisles, and I came across this this jerky called It's Jerky, and I looked at it, I read the package. And I was surprised that the price was uh, was so good. It was a pound of jerky for like $20. Anyway, I ended up buying it. Jerky was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And now here they are sponsoring the show. So uh, big shout out to them and big thanks for, for their sponsorship. And I would just uh, highly recommend you head over to itsjerky.com. Order yourself some of this amazing high-protein, low-calorie fuel for your body tell them dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you where are you cowboys and cowgirls at hey everybody this is dan hillenbrand and welcome to modern cowboy the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world i'm glad you're here so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired motivated educated and entertained as i interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy Sons of the desert and riders on the wind. 
got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me. I ain't got much, but I'm free. I've always been one to do it my own way. I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage. I don't know nobody, nothing. Everything I got's my own. Some say I'm just a man to the bone. I'm a cowboy, yes I am. I was born to rope and ride. I'm a cowboy, that's my brand. Until the day I die. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I, I'm, I've got my guest on today. It's, I, I don't know him at all. And you know how we are on social media these days, scrolling through posts and, and videos and for entertainment, for business, for all sorts of different purposes. And, and a lot of times, long videos, I don't, I don't really listen, watch the whole things a lot of times. It's just, you know, I kind of catch a bit of it. If, it. if it catches my attention, then I will. But I was scrolling the other day and I come across this video uh, this this guy and he was in the hospital and he was talking about an injury and an experience that he had he was in a, a airplane wreck we're going to talk about that I don't know anything about the, the details on that or how that happened but um, so he, he survived this airplane crash and uh, was talking about an experience he had uh, in getting a blessing in the in the hospital a pastor and it was just very compelling and and really you know really touched me in a lot of different ways. You know, we're all fighting some kind of a battle or coming out of some kind of a battle. We've got all kinds of things in life that we have to overcome. And uh, I, I just thought, man, I'd love to have, have this guy on and, and, uh, and hear his story. And, and then I realized afterwards that his brother and his dad are, are famous uh, rodeo champions. And I, I didn't even know that at the time. And I, I realized it way after. So uh, anyway, I, I again, I tell you all that just to welcome Shad Field to the to the podcast. Morning, Shad. Morning. Thank you. So, hey, let's let's start with uh, w- one thing. You're a private pilot, so I kind of just assumed at the time when I read that, and then I I realized you know who your family were that maybe you transport a lot of uh, rodeo cowboys back and forth through uh, to rodeos and stuff. You know when they got to make uh, you know the the big fast runs and and get to different locations. Uh, but uh, give us some background on you, how you got started in, in aviation and, and. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, it, so I married my wife in 2005 and her little brother's Ren Richard. I don't know if you've heard that name. He's, oh, I don't know. He's always top four or five in the world in the all around standings. He's qualified to the NFR in the heading and the healing and the calf roping. And, uh, Anyway, his senior year, he was at a high school rodeo and needed to, to go to, uh, where did we go? To Logandale, to the pro rodeo, right after the high school rodeo. And they chartered a, a Cessna 210. And I got on with him and, and went down with him just to go with him. And that is what started the bad habit of flying. <laughs> <laughs> it is an expensive one. And from then on, uh, it's just been... Uh, a passion of mine. I've loved it. it. It wasn't for work. It wasn't for anything other than I just absolutely love to fly. I mean, if I'm not looking for planes or looking, reading about them or stories about them, that's pretty much all I did 
did. And then uh, it was about a year ago that I finally got my pilot's license and started out with a little two-seater Cessna 150 and then jumped up to a 182. And then uh, two years ago, bought a turbocharged 210. And that's how I, I probably about a thousand hour pilot, pretty close to a thousand hours as a private pilot and always working towards the safety aspect of it. Uh, two years ago, I went to Alaska and did a, a 10 day off airport training course where nothing but bush pilot stuff landing on gravel bars, roads, the side of mountains. And I just kind of always had it in my mind that I wanted to be prepared for anything. So I did that. And then the next year, which was last summer, I did uh, upset recovery training, which was basically aerobatics. You know, we'd learn how to do barrel rolls and, and all the, the fun stuff. And always doing that just with the, the mindset that this could save me one day. I didn't know what was coming or, or what could, but I always was thinking, you know, being prepared for that. Right. And so uh, what happened? And, and how, that accident wasn't that long ago. Uh, no. So it's been uh, nine weeks ago. Okay. And so we had some friends out uh, that live about three hours from here. They, they live out in the Salt Lake area and I live in Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out and, and I wanted to show them the mountain range up behind our house. There's a, just a beautiful mountain range up there. And and the the wife, she was all for it. And the husband, uh, he was pretty timid. He, he doesn't love to fly and uh, doesn't really like the little airplane deal. And yeah. but but he went along with it and he was he was great. And and then their two boys went with us, too. And my wife. So in the b- very back seat, his 16 year old twins. And then in the middle seat was my wife and his wife. And then in the front was him next to me. So. Uh, we took off out of Roosevelt and we weren't gone probably 20 minutes and we were up around, it's called King's peak. It's the highest peak in Utah. It's around 13,000 feet. And we went up there for about five minutes and then we circled back and we started to come down. And when I started to come down the mountain, uh, we were going to kind of come down a Canyon that's over a, a real pretty reservoir called moon Lake. And we got, just about above the canyon and I went to give the throttle actually down in the canyon just a little bit um and I went to give it some throttle um and when I well first off I put a notch of flaps in and put my landing gear down to slow down because we were descending so much that I I didn't want to be going that fast it was pretty windy right so I did that and then we got going a little bit slower and descending and then I went to add throttle and when I did that it, it acted like it was going to go. It started to speed up the, the propeller and then uh, it just died back off to neutral. And I worked the throttle in and out a few times and, and just nothing. I had my mixture all the way in. I mean, I went, I did everything that I thought while right. the engine was still running, but wouldn't go. Right. I mean, it would not go. So immediately, first thing I did was I lifted up my landing gear because I had to find somewhere to land. I mean, if, if you know that you in a mountain range at all, it is not a place you want to lose an engine. The, the, the trees and the cliffs and the, I mean, there's really nowhere to land, literally. And we were just about over the lake and I had to go across the lake or there's no way we were going to make it. So we glided almost seven miles in a, a about two minutes. No kidding. Yeah. And when I got to the edge of the lake, um, 
and if you watch the video, it's pretty, pretty cool, but you can hear me tell them, I tell my passengers, I say, everybody relax. Uh, I have to land and it's going to be hard, but I'll take care of you. And I don't know. There was a, I get emotional talking about it. Yeah. But there was a calmness in the plane that is pretty unmistakable. Even watching the video, uh, you go watch it on YouTube or on my page or whatever. You can feel it just watching it. Right. But uh, I made it across the lake. And as soon as I knew I was across the lake, I put my gear down and put full flaps in and had started my approach. It was either there was a there was actually a paved road, but I couldn't get to it. It was another literally probably only 150 yards further and I couldn't get to it. So it was either the beach or uh, this kind of sagebrush flat that was on a slope. Right. And there was people all over the beach. And I was worried that, first off, I was worried I'd hit somebody on the beach because I can't control, you know, how far I go. Right. And, And second, I just kept thinking in my head, if I land on that beach with these kids in the back, I'm most likely that I would collapse the nose gear and we'd flip over. And I don't know why, but I just kept getting the thought, I will kill the kids in the backseat. So I went for the sagebrush and we stalled out probably, I don't know how high above the the sagebrush, but not too high and came down. We didn't flip or anything, so it wasn't too high. And I actually had a pretty good speed to, to land there. And we had some stuff going on in the cabin where it turned us sideways a little bit. Right. But anyway, we, uh, we stalled out right there and come down. And when I came to, I don't know how long I was out. It couldn't have been more than 30 seconds mm-hmm. because everybody wasn't out of the plane yet when I came to. Right. And uh, I started telling them to get out, get out. I was worried about fire. Right. And I immediately reached down and, and put my fuel selector valve to off to, to shut off any fuel flow and turned off the, all the electrical systems. And, uh, they, they got out, everybody got out. Oh my heck, my dogs are in the house and I can hear everybody screaming back there. Uh, everybody got out except for me. I, I reached down and realized that I was, I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. Couldn't move my legs. Oh. And my buddy that was in the front seat, his legs were entangled, looked like an S shape all around both legs, uh, around the, uh, rudder pedals. And he was hanging, I was laying on his seat and he was hanging out the door upside down and his face was just covered in blood and, and he wasn't moving. He was unconscious and there was probably, well, there was two or three first responders that happened to be there that day. An EMT, a highway patrolman just happened to be at Moon Lake that day. Man. And they were the first ones to us. So they knew exactly what to do and how to help us. There was probably, I don't remember exactly, um, but there was probably 50 people around the beach that ended up there to help. And they got us all out. My wife broke her wrist and her arm. And um, his wife that was behind me, she fractured like three or four ribs and then the boys in the back were okay. One of them had, I think he had a small fracture, really, really small fracture in his hip. Uh-huh. Um, so they were all fine. And uh, I, I got out, they finally got me out and I was laying in the sagebrush and I just kept telling them, 
there's something in my stabbing me in the back. There's sagebrush or something is poking me in the back. And they just kept saying, no, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I was like, well, it's got to be up under my shirt then. But what it was, was my back was broke. Right. And uh, it was uh, actually broke at T11. So, and it caused a spinal cord injury, which I'm dealing with now. But uh, from there, it was about probably an hour before the helicopter got there and the, the helicopter took my friend Gentry. Mm-hmm. And then I, me and my wife got in an ambulance together and went and, uh, and then I got there, they stabilized me there and did some imaging on me and then life flighted me from Roosevelt to Provo. And that's where I received my, you know, my surgeries and, and everything else. So. Yeah, and so what? Uh, what was the date again on the of the? Accident? Uh, that was August seventh. So today is nine weeks. Actually, right now is exactly the time of the accident. No, no kidding. Yep, nine weeks ago. And and how long were you in the hospital? Uh, I was in two weeks. Maybe should have stayed longer, <laughs> right. but uh, with COVID going on, I never had a visitor. They wouldn't allow any visitors and. You know, at that time, I thought I was paralyzed. It was pretty rough. I wanted out of there. Right. So I did everything I could. I mean, they did surgery Saturday morning on me. And uh, by two o'clock, I was up and walking. And I mean, with a walker and right. obviously, can't you know, I can't feel anything from the waist down, but I had enough muscle memory to move my legs. And honestly, I think, and from what I'm being told that that was, that's part of why I'm doing as good as I am is because I was up so fast. Uh you know, getting those nerves going again. Mm-hmm. But I stayed in there uh, two weeks and then came home. And then I've just been doing therapy like crazy since I've been home. Are you are you still using the walker now or? Oh, no, no, I'm uh, well, I'm supposed to be on forearm crutches, right? Uh, but I'm kind of weaning myself from those two. <laughs> I hate them. So right. But I look crazy walking without them. I mean, it, it with the crutches, I can walk and look pretty good and get around pretty dang good. Right. Uh, without the crutches, I look pretty pretty rough, but I get around okay. And, and I think it's coming back. Um, I, I've started to slowly feel things in my legs that I couldn't before. Right. And it, it's mostly – I can feel the tops of my legs perfectly. Right. It's my bowels. Uh, you know, I don't have control over my bowels very good. And then my feet are – just numb and the backs of my legs. So. But, but, but you feel like that's kind of improving a little bit now? Yeah, I think so. They, they said that it would start improving. Well, my surgeon told me I shouldn't feel any better and get any feeling back until eight weeks after the surgery, which was last week. And, and I have started stuff come back, come back. They say it's just a matter of time as the inflammation uh, recedes from the spinal cord mm-hmm. that I should start to have some sensations back. They don't know how much, how long, what will come back, what won't. That's the worst for me. If they were to say, hey, four years from now, you're going to be 100%, then I'd be fine with it. But that's the hardest part for me is, you know, not knowing what will come back or when it will come back. That that part weighs on a guy pretty heavy. Yeah. Well, you know – initially you couldn't feel anything and you know and at the crash site and everything i mean what had to be going through your mind just had to be horrific you know yeah you know that i'm I'm not gonna ever walk again maybe or you know 
honestly, I wasn't scared. Like when I got actually, when I felt my legs and couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't move them, right. I actually did get a little bit scared, but I was more concerned about my passengers. And right. at that time, I really, I had a lot of guilt sink in, really? you know, I, it, oh man. I mean, you know, as, as the pilot, I feel they're my responsibility. Right. And so almost immediately I just, I mean, there was nothing I could do. In fact, looking back at the video and everything, I don't think there was anything I could have done better. And I feel like maybe my preparation as a pilot, hopefully is partially, you know, with the love of God and everything, that side of it as well is what saved us. So it does help, but it, it, on the same token, it's, it's hard not to let that guilt slip in when I see my friends suffering. Right. So I didn't tell you, but Gentry, he broke his back um, really similar to mine, not quite as severe. He's got filling in most of his legs and stuff and bowel control. Um, but he broke his femurs, tibia, ankle, pelvis, and has a small fracture in his neck. Oh, man. And so he was pretty beat up. He had to have uh, some facial reconstruction done on his face. Um, I, I think that he'll make a full recovery. In fact, I think once his legs heal up, I think he'll probably pass me where his back isn't as bad as mine. Right. Um, but it, the, it all weighed on me still. I've gotten to where I can deal with it fine. Right. But it still creeps in the, the part that I, you know, as a pilot, I was in control of that situation. Yeah. It's, you know, I think that like me, I'm not crazy about flying myself either, but everybody thinks about what would you do or what would that be like? And, you know, when all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're going to have to, you know, make a landing or whatever. And we, you know, the statistics show that you're safer in the air than you are, you know, in a car or horseback even, you know, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it had to be crazy. Now you say, do you guys have a video of inside the plane when, sure. Oh, I did not know that. Is that yeah, on? Yeah, there's a video. Um, the, so my friends, they're big YouTube stars. They oh, have, okay. I don't know, a couple hundred thousand followers or, or bigger on YouTube. Okay. And they, they're always vlogging everything with their phones. And they actually videoed. They were videoing when I lost power and videoed Intel Impact. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you can you can hear me talking to them. You can see... Uh, their, their YouTube video, it's, it's really, really hard for me to watch. I watched it one time. Right. And, uh, since then I just, I don't know. I wasn't scared when it happened right. at all. I mean, I just, I knew I was just going to land the plane. It'd be no big deal, but, right. uh, to watch the video back for me triggers a lot of emotion and it's really, really difficult. And with that being said, I'd go fly a little plane right now. Right. I have. I'm right. not at all. I've been in a plane twice. I'm going in one Sunday again. And my wife though, the thoughts of me going in a small plane again, and she just gets, she's been scared of it since the very beginning. Like when I very first started flying, she didn't like it and it took her a few years to get in the plane with me. Right. So she's, she's definitely battling some PTSD stuff. I'm just thinking about that. How, just how crazy that is to, to go through that. So so you've, you've been back in a plane already. You're getting ready to get in another one. Are, are you flying yourself or are you just riding? No, these commercial jets. And then I'm, I'm actually going uh, to Fort Worth in a couple of weeks uh, in, a, in a private jet with some friends. But no, I, 
I haven't been back in a small plane, but, uh, you know, I'll, ha- I'll have to wait and get my medical card back when I can walk, but I'm driving now and right. you know, I'm getting around. So I-, I think I'm only a month away or so from being able to get my medical card back for my pilot's license. Right now, uh, in terms of the, the, the engine failure, have, have they determined what no. caused it? Well, from the video, you can tell that you can see that the engine's running all the way till impact. So they think it's probably either vapor lock or or possibly something came apart with the throttle cable. Mm-hmm. But they don't know, and it, they they just barely got the engine to Phoenix, where they'll have Continental come back and set it up and try and run it and see. But I mean, the plane was in pieces. I don't know how they are ever going to come up with a definitive. This is what happened. Right. I'm very thankful for the video because I don't remember a lot of it without the video, but when I see the video, it brings back everything. I remember it perfectly. And, and now looking back, I remember it, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad we have the video to show what I remembered happening, happening. Right. You know, that I went through everything, my checklist, you know, everything was, I had just actually, um, six hours prior six flight hours prior had uh, put six new cylinders on the plane and it had its annual. I mean, I literally, the plane was immaculate. I, that thing was pretty sweet plane. Yeah. And that was a, would you say it was a two ten? Yeah. Yeah. A turbocharged two ten. Six passenger. Yeah. How, how, yeah. how are, how, how are the boys that, that were in the back? They're I mean. good, man. They're actually really good. And his wife's good. Uh, my wife's struggling with the thoughts of the plane stuff a, a little bit. She had a really bad concussion and right. and then some PTSD stuff. And Gentry, he's doing really good too. I, I don't, I haven't really talked to him about flying again. Right. <laughs> I haven't brought it up with him, but that uh, they're all doing good. And even the flying stuff for me, it you know, I it was nice to fly the Cowboys around a little bit, my brother and friends, right. and but a lot of my passion for it, the, the drive to just go fly for any reason at all is gone. Really? And I think it'll come back. I hope, but now it's more like, you know, to fly point A to point B and, and for work and, and the, uh, what would you call it? Just, it's so convenient for us. Right. And so for that reason, I'd like to fly some more, but, that desire of just loving every part of aviation is just gone. I don't, I mean, right. I, and I, I'm guessing it comes back, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it's amazing. That's an amazing story. And, and, and it just, it's crazy that it's exactly nine weeks to since yeah. the, since the injury. Yeah. The crash was at 1130 our time, which is 1125 now. So that's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. But since then I've been able to, you know, I, I've gone to football games and stuff. And actually, I am a big time hunter. I, I love to hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was pretty bummed because we've been watching these deer that are on our farm all summer. And, and, and the elk have been coming down. It's been so dry this year. We've had a lot of elk down. Right. Uh, right. But I was able to go and, and with my crutches, uh, I, I hiked up in there. And my oldest son is 13. And he brought me my bow. And we called in a bull elk. And I was able to kill a bull elk this year with my bow. So, it was pretty special for me. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. I've got that on video too. My son videoed it, so it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So hey, let's let's just talk about you know your work and what you do. What what do you, what do you do outside of uh, of man? 
anything that I can think of that might make a buck. Right. <laughs> I have a, uh, so my wife owns a jewelry boutique online uh-huh. and she does really well with that. And then, uh, what's, what's that called? Goldie Lou. Goldie Lou. Gold, okay. Goldie Lou jewelry. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And she does really good with that. And then, um, I have a service company in the oil field, but it's, it's terrible right now, but that's been our primary source of income up until now. And I've started a little real estate company where I've got, um, well, I've got about 10 or 11, 12 rentals right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. And that's actually my focus right now. I'm trying to grow that like crazy. I've, I've got offers on three or four more fourplexes and, uh, I, you know, I don't know how much manual labor I'm going to be able to do in the years to come. So I'm kind of, my, my focus is going towards that, uh, and maybe away from the oil field stuff just a little bit. Right. But I also have, I've got cows and I team rope a lot. So I've got quite a few horses, but I've done some short term loans for people, anything that I can find that might make a buck. (laughs) Yeah. Just always hustling it. Yeah. Yeah. I hustle, man. That's been the, honestly, that's probably the hardest thing so far for me is I have to, you know, anything I've done in my life, whether it's a pilot's license or hunting or anything, I go do it. Like I don't wait around. Like if I decide I'm going to be a pilot, I go do whatever it takes to be a pilot right Right, there. Right. Exactly. And now with this, they're saying, you know, you, they're not giving me a timeline. Any, all they're telling me is you have to be patient. Right. So I'm like, you know, it, lots of sitting around and trying to be patient for my personality and who I am that it's been really hard that way. But I'll tell you this much. It's, I promise you that I wouldn't trade the plane crash for anything where I'm at today. The Blessings that have come, the blessing I got in the hospital, the, you know, the people, the, the, the friends that surround me, how they've reached out and what they've done for me and, and my testimony of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And, and uh, it's, it's changed me and made me a better man and stronger than yeah. I ever was before. And I'm very thankful for the, the accident. It's, you know, the, the part that I, I hate is that I was the pilot and my friends got hurt, but I'll tell you, they say the same thing. They say that they wouldn't trade it for anything with the testimonies that they've gained and, and how it's affected their lives. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, that's one of the things that, that really struck me when I watched your video and, and listened to you. People that listen to my podcast, they know that I was diagnosed with genetic disorder almost 10 years ago. And, and it, it's impacted me health wise and physically. And it just it, like what you're going through too, to a certain degree, you know, it just, it changes you. And there's things that aren't going to heal on me and things that continue to get worse, but it's a cliche. And I always hate to say it, but it's just like you said there, I'm a completely different person for having this happen to me. That's how my yeah. podcast started. That's how all the things I'm doing now are, are, are because of that. And it's, like I said, it's a cliche and it's kind of weird, but it's made me, uh, you know, a completely different person and a better person. Sure. Sure. And, and I think, you know, my philosophy on life is that every one of us are going to have our trials. Exactly. And they're going to come in so many different forms for so many different people, but there isn't one of us on this earth that's not going to go through something. And I think that's the plan. I think that, 
you know, God sends us down here, and I don't think he ever said, hey, this is going to be easy. Right. Hey, this is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be a sunny day every day, and you're going to have a great career, and you're never going to have family problems, and no one's ever going to get sick. Right. That wasn't what we signed up for. And, I, and, and with that being said, I truly believe that it is that simple that we signed up. Right. That we had a choice to come, and, and, and maybe even to, I believe personally, that maybe I didn't know what my trials were going to be exactly, but he probably said, Hey, look, you're, you're going to go through some stuff. Are you sure? And, and, you know, and that's getting pretty deep, right? right. <laughs> but I really believe that, that we're all here to, to experience life. And, and, you know, maybe the, the blessings are for other people too, that have served me through this process. Right. I mean, it's changed them. It's changed my entire family that my extended family, my in-laws, the way that they came together. And, uh, you know, my, my father-in-law, he said the other day, he said, I'm a believer. Yeah. You know, and I just, I couldn't believe it. And I knew he was, he's a, the best man ever. And I knew he believed in God, but to hear him say it like he did, right. it, it really touched me. And, and I think it's changed so many people around me. And, and then, you know, when I shared my testimony on, on the Instagram bill, I bet you, you can read through the comments. There's five or 600 comments and half of them said, I needed to hear this in my life right now. Well, you You know, so it's crazy. You know, what's funny is when I watched that and then I I came and I told my wife, I go, go, I'm going to reach out to this guy. I'd love to get him on a podcast. And I said, watch this. And I turned the video on for her and she listened to it. And right after she she listened to it, she said the same thing. She goes, I needed to hear that today. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And I'm nobody special. I'm, I'm literally, in fact, that night, this is, it's pretty crazy. I, uh, I, I was saying my prayers right before I went, to, it's like 11 o'clock in the hospital. I'm all alone. Right. I'm saying my prayers and I say to Heavenly Father, I, I said, what am I supposed to learn from this? Right. You know, what, why am I going through this? And almost a little bit of pity. I was like, why, kind of why me? Right. And I mean, it was like someone slapped me in the face and I was told in that moment, through the spirit or whatever that I need to share my testimony right now. Right. And I brushed it off. I was like, no, it's 11 o'clock. I can't walk. I can't get up. And my phone, they had chart, they plugged it into the charger on the opposite side of the wall. (laughs) I can't get it. So I lay there and I'm, I'm pushing the feeling away and pushing it away. And, and finally I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I call the nurse in, have her get my phone for me. And she goes out and I just start telling my feelings and my testimony about what happened and and the blessing and how I felt in that moment. And I know that had I waited till morning, like I kept telling myself, just do it in the morning, just do it in the morning. I would not have done it. Right. It just wouldn't have happened because the next morning I almost deleted it. I was like, okay, I, I I, I shouldn't have put that out there. You know, I, I shouldn't be, but anyway, it's crazy how heavenly father works for all of his children, you know, whether it be through me or, and to tell you the truth, I might, I'm probably not the most worthy guy. Like, like I said, in my blessing, right. you know, he, I'm not a bad guy, but I have my faults. Right. And, and I think he still used me as a tool to help his other children. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that one thing that came across in that video, and I know this word is, is a cliche nowadays too, uh, but just being so authentic and so vulnerable and, and when I, when I saw you and listened to the way you were talking, that totally came through that you, you were just, that was coming from your heart and in like, yeah. you know, I'm just telling you this and I, I mean, like, I don't even really know why, yeah. but 
but there was a huge reason. Sure. It was very, very impactful, man. Yeah. And you know, it's been hard since then because I feel like I've been given this platform a little bit and, and this experience to, to continue to help, you know, yeah. with heavenly father's plan or share his gospel or whatever it is. And, and like trying to find ways to do that where I don't ever want to be that guy that's like preaching to the world. Cause I'm nobody to preach to the world, but I also feel like I need to share my testimony and, and help other people understand that you don't have to be perfect to feel God's love. And you right. Right. You know, so, well, you, it, just like you, you, you said, you know, about sharing your, your testimony and helping people. Here's one step more towards that. Just being on this podcast, you know, because sure. it impacted me to, to reach out to you and, and I didn't know you. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you got a great opportunity to be able to do that and continue to do that through, through the rest of your journey. Cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm excited to watch your progress and and see where you go from here. I know you know attitude and and what how you think has a lot to do with how you heal and recover. And yeah, I mean sure. you've already been out. You've already been out elk hunting. Yeah, sake, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I walked into my uh, surgeon. I had an appointment with him a few weeks ago, and he was like, "You're supposed to be like in a wheelchair." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> good job, man. You did a good you did good work because here I am." Right. <laughs> But it's cool. I've got big goals. You know, I've been yeah. setting goals all along uh, for this process. And where a lot of it's out of my control, I don't know that I'll hit them. But my, I have a goal here in three weeks when they turn me loose to, to team rope. To, right. I mean, I want to team rope in November again. And then uh, I actually competed in a CrossFit competition. I used to do a lot of CrossFit. Really? And I competed Thursday night before the accident. And no uh, I hope. I, I would like to enter that competition again a year from the accident. So that's kind of my end goal. Well, the end of this year, the, the year goal for me. Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Now do you, do you, do you come out to Arizona at all out to Wickenburg and rope at all? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll be there a lot this summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, or winter. I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're kicking off. I, that's actually where I'm at. I'm in Wickenburg. Oh, cool. So yeah. So they're actually kicking off their Rancho Rio this weekend. Uh, they got oh, a big cool. rope in the starting, but yeah, when you come out this way, we'll have to, we'll have to just connect and yeah. meet. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to rope a lot down there this winter for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Hey man, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and, you know, coming on and, and sharing and I, we'll have to have you on in, in, in the future. Hey, one sure. thing too, when, before we started recording, we were talking, uh, you were on another podcast. Um, yeah. What was it? What was the name of it again? Born to succeed. Born to succeed. Yeah. Yep. And tell it, just repeat what you told me about okay. the, the, the host, the guy that started that. Yeah. So the host is, his name is Braxton Nielsen and he's a kid that worked for me uh, right when he got out of high school and a little bit, he went on a mission for the church and, and came home and uh, worked for me again. And uh, he, through me, he got with my little brother, Casey and Casey kind of helped him get going in the bareback ride and was teaching him how to ride barebacks. And, he was actually coming along really good. I mean, he hadn't been riding barebacks for a year and doing outstanding. And he was at a pro rodeo in, I want to say Gooding, Idaho, but I'm not somewhere in Idaho. I can't remember for right. sure. Right. And he, his horse flipped over on him and squatted back in the back of the chute and just crunched him up in a ball. And uh, he actually broke his back almost exactly like mine. And he is made a 90% recovery. I mean, he's doing outstanding. He can do a standing backflip. 
Oh, I mean, man. the kid's just <laughs> athletic as heck and extremely driven. But he started a podcast and he had me and my wife on there about two months before our accident. So it's pretty crazy that, you know, yeah. we go on there and do this born to succeed podcast. And then I break my back just like his. You know, That's, so. That is crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. So if people, if, if people, um, Hey, you know, I forgot, I, I got, I got to ask you this too. Uh, Cause I ask everybody on the podcast. Sure. Uh, favorite brand of cowboy hat. I, I like, I've got a couple custom hats from burn okay. saddlery in, gotcha. uh, and in Salina, they are, mm-hmm. they're fit like a glove for me. If it's not a custom hat, probably resist all. Okay. Uh, cowboy boots. I guess I have to say area because they sponsor my little brother, but <laughs> actually probably area. They're, they're probably my favorite. And, uh, what about cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Hmm. Oh yeah, like uh, Dances with Wolves, Tombstone. I don't think you can beat Lonesome Dove. I think that's just the all-time yeah. best cowboy movie there is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, hey, Chad, if, if people that want to follow you, um, what's your your Instagram handle? And, and okay, yeah, it's the uh, the number one. And then my name is Shadrach Field. So S-H-A-D-R-A-C-H. And then Field is spelled F-E-I-L-D. Okay. And then the name of your, your wife's business again. She is Goldie uh, Lou. Goldie Lou. And that's on Instagram. She have a website too? Yeah, Instagram. Uh, probably go to Instagram. You can find the website from there. But GoldieLou.com is the, the website. And okay. then you can follow along with her too. She, she uh does a lot of cool stuff on Instagram too. So, and her name's Jaslyn, Jaslyn Field. Okay. And then uh, your friends that were, were with you guys, uh, you said they have a YouTube channel and the yeah, video's yep. on and there. Yeah, you can go there to watch the YouTube video uh, that they okay. did for the plane wreck. Uh, but it's, I think their YouTube's called the Mikesell Family. It's okay. M-I, or no, M-I-S-K-E-L-L. Uh, okay. But if you look that up, you'll find them. Or Brock and Boston, that's the 16-year-old boys and their YouTube stars. Okay, okay. It's crazy. I mean, when we're hanging out, we're not like a big YouTube family, so we right. don't know who's who, and we'll go hang out with them out in rural Utah, and every 12-year-old girl comes running up to them <laughs> like, oh, can we do a tick and talk or tick talk with you? And it's pretty cool. That's great, man. Yeah, they're a great family. I mean, they're amazing. They're really cool people. Well, yeah. Hey, you, you, your, your story is amazing. It's just, you know, to, 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 for everybody to be able to, you know, just come away from that thing alive and, and, uh, doing as well as you're all doing. That's, uh, is really remarkable. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the one other thing too, that you, you said, I, I, I can't remember where I, where you, if you said it or I read it in, in something that you posted, it was, you were just thankful that you were going to be able to spend eternity with your family in, in heaven, yeah. you know, and, and, that's the one thing that, especially as I've gotten older and I'm a lot older than you, that's the one thing that really gives me comfort in, in terms of getting older because we're here for such a short period of time. And it's, sure. it's like, it, it's not just to be here. Yeah. There's a much bigger, bigger picture. So yeah, for sure. And, and I, I believe that a hundred percent. I, you know, I don't know what religion every, you are, everybody else, but I'm LDS, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, I went on a mission and then, and then married my wife. And then later we went and were sealed in the temple. And I tell you just the, the promises and the, the blessings of eternity are unreal. I'm, I'm yeah. so thankful 
for the thought that I have my family for eternity. And, and that's probably the, the one thing that makes everything okay. Like I'm just not scared. Uh, Cause that's the one thing that, you know, if you look at your life, the most important thing to me is my kids and my wife. And to right. think that I have them for eternity makes everything else not so scary. Right. Exactly. You can get through the, the petty stuff, you know, the stupid fights or the stupid problems you have in life or the things that, that seem so big at times, you know, when you look at the big picture and think, you know, it's just a little bit of time we're going through and we got some lessons to learn, but it's all okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, look forward and be happy. Yeah. I think people get so caught up in, and, and I think I love social media, right? but it's such a, I think it's so hard for some people, you know, so many, and and I think men included, but more so for women that they get caught up in thinking that everybody's got this perfect life. Right. And, and kids more and more and more kids, you know, this generation that we're living in today, like my kids, they look at Instagram all the time. They think everybody has a razor and a motorcycle and and, and they think everybody's got mansions and this beautiful little family that never fights or struggles. And, and it's such a false life that, that is portrayed to them. And it's, and I hate it. Like sometimes I just want to turn off all their social media, but if, if you can control it and use it for, for good, then it's such a great platform. But you got to be careful not to get caught up in the thinking that nobody struggles. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah. Well, hey Chad, thanks again man for coming on. I really appreciate it. I, I look forward to to meeting you out here in Wickenburg yeah. hopefully here this 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 season and then uh, we'll have to have you on the podcast again here uh in the future and well and i'll tell you what maybe uh we could do something with the mikesels the family that was with me I, or uh i'd love also, to so i can get my little brother casey he yeah get, he can get on here and do something with us too that'd be fun yeah that'd be that'd be a lot of fun i'd appreciate that he's a wuss i when when we get him on here <laughs> I, do, I do nothing but just pick at him <laughs> that well, sounds like fun stud and, and hopefully he'll have a big year this year i think he's going into the finals sitting number two and yeah you know, he's getting old. He doesn't have yeah. a whole lot of horses left in him, so he better capitalize. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. All right, Chad. Well, hey, well, we'll, we'll catch up soon. And, okay. uh, again, I appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you. Hey, sounds great. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for today. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes or Spotify and give us a rating and review. That just helps – Helps bring us up in the in the ratings and supports the podcast. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. And we've got some big news we're going to be announcing here pretty soon, some things that are happening with uh, Modern Cowboys. So stay tuned and look forward to, uh, to that coming up here real soon. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs 
$20,000 horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the roping pen can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no player, speed. But I give a hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down.